And State Treasurer Mike Frerich joins us this morning. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm great. <coughs> you know, the rain's coming. Uh, <laughs> soil, soil temperature is rising. Uh, so planting will be not far away. Although I, I caution people to not get too excited because uh, we always seem to have one of those late dumps of snow or, or frost. <laughs> but, oh, uh, please. They're getting it through North Dakota this morning. I was just through there last week. So let them have it. I say, until we uh, get started here, not much going to happen. That's right. So how you been? What have you been up to, Mike? Uh, Busy running around the state. Uh, You know, the General Assembly passed a budget last year. We wanted to make sure some of our priorities were included. Uh, We're gearing up for planting season, making sure the farmers know we have an Ag Invest program. And uh, as school is coming to a close, not too soon, reminding parents that uh, education should never stop. Uh, We want people saving with their kids through college to give them a brighter future. Now, I saw you on the news yesterday. Where were you? We were in a classroom somewhere, and I didn't catch what the gist of that story was. That was part of our Secure Choice Retirement Savings Program. There's a retirement crisis here in this country. We don't talk about it because people are ashamed to talk about it, but too few people have saved enough for retirement. Uh, They know it. They feel like, ah, I... I should have done more when I was younger, and rather than complain, they just carry this burden. But our research has showed us that it is clear who's saving for retirement who's not. Mm-hmm. If you have a workplace retirement savings option, I mean, if you have a pension or you have a 401k and it's automatically deducted from your paycheck, you are 15 times more likely to be saving for retirement. So we thought the solution was give more people that option at work. And only secure choice takes a portion of your paycheck. It puts it into your own individual Roth IRA. It comes directly out of your paycheck, so you don't have to do anything. And by making it easier for people to do something they know they need to do, we're going to make sure that more people uh, are able to enjoy their golden years. And one of the businesses that works with us is a local nonprofit, Dream. Uh, They're a great organization. We just recently passed 100,000 savers in the state of Illinois, uh, over $85 million saved for retirement that wasn't before, and just went out to talk to them and some of their employees. Now, how does that work? How do you directly pull money out of their account for this? Yeah, so when the employer sends payroll taxes to the state of Illinois, they also send an additional percentage to the state. That then goes to a, uh, a managed account. It's not managed by the state. We put an RFP. It's private sector managed. People can decide how they want to invest. These funds can't be swept by the state. They can't worry about mismanagement because it's they're in charge. And uh, we just facilitate doing something that everyone knows they need to do by making it easier. I hear people talking about this kind of thing. And uh a lot of folks don't have the wherewithal to look at the funds and know how to invest and whatever. How, how do you deal with those folks? Well, that is exactly the problem we're trying to address here. Too many people know they need to start saving. You mm-hmm. go and talk to your accountant and say, hey, uh, tax time is coming up. I, there's this uh, IRA deduction. Yes, go find a financial advisor. Okay, well they, maybe, they, maybe they find a financial advisor, they call, and the financial advisor says, okay, how would you like to invest? Let's talk about this. And we've got uh, small cap, uh, mid-sized companies. We have domestic, uh, large cap. We have international. Uh, and people just think, I, I, this is a foreign language to me. And they say, I'll think about this and come back. And too often they go home and never make a contribution. Right. So we've decided to make it simple. There are four choices that people can make. 
If you just want to preserve your capital, if you're deathly afraid of any risk, you can basically park it in cash. If you want to be conservative, you can park in bonds. If you want to play the market, you want to bet, you can do that as well. Or if you say, I just want someone to help me out, we have an age-based uh, investing scheme that the closer you get to retirement, the less risk we take for you. So someone in their 20s would be heavily invested in the stock market equities. Uh, but as you transition, that rate between equities and bonds starts shifting so that as you get close to retirement, you're mostly in bonds, which are much more secure. Okay, so you've got that going on. You've got the uh, ag program going. Tell us a little bit about that and how people can get involved with that. Great. Well, I'm the chief banker for the state of Illinois, but we don't run a state bank. We partner <laughs> good, with good banks put it. <laughs> here in this state. There's no reason for me to go out and hire a bunch of ag lenders to go out and market this program. Those lenders already exist. What we want to do is provide the capital that our farmers need. It is an expensive business. You know, Dave, you know when people say, uh, say oh, I, farmers are small business people. I, I get what they're trying to say, but there's nothing small about running a, an ag operation today. Yeah. You know, just look at a, a sticker price for a new combine. Look at the other equipment you need. Look at the cost of inputs today in terms of fertilizer or seed. We know it is a capital-intensive business. We want to provide access to capital. So if you want to participate, reach out to your local bank. Ask your lender that you have a relationship with, do you participate in Illinois Ag Invest, the treasurer's office? If they do, it's easy. Uh, we make a deposit into their bank for the same amount the loan going out to you. If they don't, mm -hmm. signing up is really easy. We think that agriculture, we know that agriculture is the number one industry in the state of Illinois, and we want to support it. Uh, it's important, and so we put our dollars behind it. Well, it's great to have somebody like you in that office that understands all this and awesome. can be able to make that opportunity available for farmers. Uh, Dave, I, I came in and, uh, you know, I grew up in Gifford, Illinois. Uh, my fa family's been farming soils around uh, Royal and Penfield for uh, for generations. And I said, I... You know, how many loans are we making through AgInvest? And I was told two. In the entire state of Illinois. So, well, that's I, clearly there's a greater need. Um, so, let's go out and find out why. We went and conducted a tour. We talked to Farm Bureau. We talked to Bankers Association, community bankers. We talked to farmers and said, why, why is this not a program that works for you? And we found a, a lot of complaints, a lot of mm -hmm. concerns. And we revamped the program. As a result, we now are putting hundreds of millions of dollars out there. We've The program over its lifetime, we've made over $4 billion in loans. And we get a return, but when we help farmers modernize, when we help them make money, that's good for our entire economy in our state. It's a good investment. I'm also fascinated by your Purple Heart program. Have you handed out any more Purple Hearts since the last time we've... Uh been together? Not since the last time we've been together, but we're not done working on this. We encourage your listeners to go to our website at illinoistreasurer.gov. Uh, look at our unclaimed property. If you know anyone who served in the military who lost their medals, we have far more medals than Purple Hearts, but because those really represent huge sacrifice, we're making the effort there. But if someone lost a, a Bronze Star, or, uh, any other sort of uh, commendation out there that might have been put in a safe deposit box, go to our website, put in the name of, of that person, put in their family names. Because we found with Purple Hearts, is part of the reason it's so hard to track down is the box holder is not often the recipient. Right. You know, young men came back from Vietnam. Uh, they were transient, and they earned a Purple Heart, uh, they didn't want to lose it. They didn't want to have it stolen. So they would give it to a sibling. They'd give it to a parent and say, can you keep this safe? And they'd put it in that box. And 
forget about it for and years. Everybody forgot and about everyone it. Everyone forgot about it. Yeah. And when uh, when their mother passed away, it's like well, I don't know where she put it. I, I I forgot. And we've been able to track some people down. It's it's a little more difficult though. Uh, but so check for various family members. We'd love to return more. Well, so if you've got a safe deposit box here in the state of mm-hmm. Illinois, what is it? Five years. Yeah, after five years of uh, not being claimed, it's turned over to our office. We check for another five years to try to track down the elders. We do start running out of physical space in our vault, and so we will auction off stuff that we've had uh, been unable to track mm-hmm. down over 10 years. But we will record the price it sold for at auction, and then we'll keep that on our books forever. And so if you put your Mickey Mantle rookie baseball card in a safe deposit box and forgot about it, and 30 years from now your kids try to claim it, they won't have that card, but they'll have the value it sold at auction. So we'll sell off things, but the one thing we won't sell is military medals. You can't buy that honor. Uh, You can't buy that sacrifice or prestige. Uh, We'll hold on to those forever until we track down the owners. Okay, now way back in the old days, before the pandemic, you were were (laughs) telling us you were getting ready to move in Springfield. Tell us a little bit about that building and how that all came about. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready for that. Well, we've already moved some people in, but as we're exiting the pandemic, we're moving back in more people. Uh, It's a beautiful building. It used to be the old Marine Bank in Springfield. It was purchased by Chase, but it was Marine's corporate headquarters, and Chase didn't need a corporate headquarters in downtown Springfield, and Mm -hmm. so they severely downsized the staff there. They bought them for their accounts, not for their building, and they had this building that used to house uh, 200 bank executives, and they turned into a bank branch with 13 employees. You know, the cost of heating and cooling and maintenance and property tax were really mm-hmm. high. They couldn't find anyone to buy it. And so basically they gave it to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a beautiful building, a historic building. What I love about it is I can go down into the basement and you can see the foundation, literally touch the foundation of the original Marine Bank where Abraham Lincoln banked. Mm-hmm. And my office, when they expanded the 1970s, was built over the old Sangamon County Courthouse where Abraham Lincoln practiced law. Huh. I look out my windows and I see the old state capitol where Abraham Lincoln was a legislator. And I can look out another direction and see the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum. And so for someone who appreciates, you know, tall, lanky, bearded politicians from central Illinois, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great building. I look forward to showing it off. All right. Well, man, we're out of time already, believe it or not. Right. But uh, glad to have you with us this morning and uh, look forward to talking with you in the future. Dave and CW, great to see you guys in person. Same here. Mike Friggs, thank you much. We appreciate it. We got more coming up on DWS.